But thanks for having me here this morning. I love that I get to hang out with so many people I love all day. Happy Mother's Day to me. And happy Mother's Day to you, moms. It's our day. Woo woo! Um, I'm a mom, and I have three kids, and I'm just going to get really real with you just to start, okay? I struggle in a lot of areas. This is one of them. So I ran into some friends before Christmas from high school. I haven't seen in a long time. You're going to judge me a lot. I just This is coming. I'm warning you because you're going to be shocked that this is going to happen, okay? So I see them, and we do the thing that you normally do where you go, can I see pictures of your kids? And I knew my heart went into my stomach because I'm like, I don't take pictures of these people. So I'm like looking. I'm like, ah. I just finally had to change the subject. I was like, hey, so your hair's different. Like just all the shame fell over me. So then randomly the Morrisons decide to go to breakfast at a place that so happened to have this beautiful Christmas tree that's perfect for a quick family photo. I don't know whose idea that was. So we go to breakfast, and afterwards I'm like, let's go take a photo together, family. Look at how perfect. So we go to take the picture, and it was terrible. I mean, you can put up the photo. Look at how nice we look. This was really costly, okay? So I don't want to stand by so-and-so, so-and-so smells, the sun's in my eyes. At one point, my big, strong husband had his um, face in his hands, and was like, let's just give up. And I was like, no! I need this picture so I can put it on Instagram for my high school friends. So we did it. So I'm telling you all of this, one, to tell you I no longer feel shame because this was really hard. So this is what I want you guys to do for Mother's Day. I want you to love the moms in your life, and I want you just to take the picture. I want you to take it, and I want you to do it with a happy heart. I want you to smile. Don't be weird with your face. Just be normal. Okay, and smile for your mamas. So that's my gift for you moms. Happy Mother's Day. All right. I'm going to pray for us because you know I love prayer. So, Lord Jesus, we come before you, Father, and we thank you that you're so good. And, Lord, we thank you for this day. But we also know for some of us, Mother's Day is a day of great rejoicing and celebration and peace. But for some of us, Lord God, it's a day of grief and suffering and even sorrow. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the God of comfort. And we pray that you would give each and every one of us this morning what we need. Lord God, thank you for your comfort. Thank you that you're more than enough. And I thank you, God, that you have a word for us this morning. You want to speak to us. You want to encourage our souls. So, Lord Jesus, I pray that we would be able to receive from you today, that we'd hear what you have, and that we would be blessed by your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I'm going to tell you something that's a really big deal. I love my mom. I love my mom, which is a huge statement for me to make at 40 years old because my time with my mom as a kid was much different than it is now. I grew up in a home. My parents are, like, so different from one another. My mom's 4'11". She's a spicy Puerto Rican woman from Spanish Harlem, and she may be 4'11", but her soul is, like, 6'10". You know what I'm saying? And my dad is really tall. Actually, he's six-something. I don't know. And he grew up Jewish and was from Long Island. And somehow my parents found each other, and it was, like, a real-life West Side story in my home. 
Um, they ended up leaving New York and came to Arizona. And one of the things is my parents were the first in their family to know Jesus. And so they were kind of doing this whole life with the Lord thing, but really alone and isolated. And both of them had a lot of trauma, but my mom had the most. She grew up in a really abusive, dark home environment that created a lot of pain for her that she carried into our home and into um, her motherhood. And so my childhood was pretty dark too. Um, Abuse was there and other things that were just really hard. And in junior high, my dad decided he was going to move out. So my dad left, and it was almost like peace left the home. And my mom, who was filled with bitterness, she had a lot of bitterness and anger from her past. The bitterness from my dad leaving and rejecting her sent her over the edge, and she just didn't want to live anymore. So my mom began to starve herself. And so she was in and out of a hospital, and they kind of told us, I'll never forget the morning, they were like, hey, we're having to discharge your mom, I just want to prepare you, she may only have a few more weeks. And I was in high school at that time, I didn't really know what to do with my grief, other than to like drink and party and do drugs and stuff, right? I mean, come on. So I was doing those things, but randomly dating this really solid guy. He wasn't really walking with the Lord, but was like really opposed to drinking and partying. I'm sure this is an answer to my parents' prayers. But um, one night he found out that his girlfriend of a whole year, guys, was really serious, a whole year, um, that she was drinking and partying. So he was like, we're over, can't be with you. He dropped me off at my house, and he was leaving, and I was so upset because I was in such a low place. And I remember just like crying, and I was going to run after him to say, I'm sorry, Jim. But out of nowhere, out of my mouth, I yelled out, I'm sorry, God. And I was just filled with this feeling of like, I'm just so tired of doing life on my own. Like everything I had done to have comfort was not working. It just wasn't working. And I was like, I'm done. I'm done doing life my way. God, I want to do life your way. And I was immediately filled with the joy of the Lord. So um, you might be a beautiful crier. I am not. I am a very ugly crier. I think my skin might be allergic to tears because I swell up so much. So I went upstairs to my room, and I was so filled with joy that I was, like, reading my Bible, but my face was still ugly from my ugly crying. And my mom walks in the room, and she looks at me, and she's like, what is happening, you know? And um, I said, Jim broke up with me. And like all smiles, and she's like, why are you smiling? But I know the question in her heart is, how can you have joy after being rejected? That was what her real question was. And so I looked at her and I said, Mom, it's real. God really does love me. I'm so happy. Guys, it feels like this story is fake as I'm telling you, but it's not. This really happened to me. That my mom looked at me and she says, I want that. And so we got on our knees, and both of us received the Lord. And it was the most beautiful, special moment of my life. So my mom started walking with the Lord. She um, started thriving, doing much better. Our relationships were getting better, but her bitterness towards my dad lasted decades. And it was something that I had prayed for for so long. I remember just praying for my parents 
And this one year, I got a phone call from my mentor, and it wasn't even my mentor. It was my mentor's sister said, I had a word from the Lord for Veronica about her parents. I want her to know that the Lord says he will restore the years the locusts have eaten, which is a scripture from the Old Testament that's a hope of restoration. So the Lord was saying, I'm going to restore your parents. So sometimes I pray things that are in my heart, but when you know you're praying something and the Lord gives you a promise, you really pray into it. So I'd pray for my parents and the restoration of their marriage. Ten years later, still praying, whew, and I get this painting that my friend had painted, and it was the Lord is going to restore the years the locusts have eaten. She had no idea, and she just gave it to me. I put it in my room, and every time I look at it, I would pray. And 10 years after that, we get to 2020, and my parents somehow became friends again and were like, became COVID buddies. You know how like you pick that person, you're like, we'll hang out. And so my parents were hanging out. I don't know if that's good or bad. Judge them if you want. But they were hanging out, and they fell in love. My parents fell in love. And I remember my dad calling me one day on the way to go see my mom, and he said, Veronica, I have something to tell you. He said, the Lord is going to restore or has restored the years of locusts have eaten. I'm on my way to ask your mom to marry me. And I was like, he didn't even know that scripture I've been praying. It was so crazy, you know. And so my parents ended up getting married. And if you're a Bible nerd and you like numbers, it was 40 years from when they first got married that they got remarried, which is a lot of a hope of promise. And you would think that that was the pinnacle of the mind-blowingness of my parents' story, but here's where it really gets crazy, is also that year my dad ended up getting COVID, and he got really, really sick. It ended up accelerating his dementia, and so my dad went from being my dad to all of a sudden um, his mind just started to deteriorate really rapidly. And so what's crazy is my mom went from being bitter and angry and so much darkness towards my father to now she's the woman who takes care of him. She's kind and tender and does it with joy. And my dad is really precious, like he's so precious. Like he just loves my mom and loves the Lord so much. He has this book of Psalms that a mentor gave to him and he just reads it all day because he forgets he just read it. And he reads it, he's like, oh, the Lord's so good. And then he reads it again, and I just watch him, I'm like, oh. <laughs> but if you've ever taken care of anybody um, with dementia, you know that it's really hard. And my mom truly is laying her life down. And so when you think of this, how does this happen? How do you go from being bitter and angry and in despair to laying your life down for somebody? Well, this is what we're going to talk about today. It's through the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. The Lord um, is what we're going to talk about, what we're talking about, um, the Holy Spirit. And I'm dying inside because there's so many things we could talk about, about the Holy Spirit, but I've whittled it down I, to these things. We're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit is God's presence with us. So the Holy Spirit is God's presence with us. We're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit gives us power, power to forgive, to heal, to give us peace. And the Holy Spirit gives us guidance and encouragement. And I really, I'm dying because I really could be here all day. And my Bible study, my Wednesday morning Bible study, they have a joke that they always do. Whenever we get to something tricky in the Bible, they always, because they like to razz me, they know what gets me worked up, you know. They're always like, well, let's ask Veronica. She's been to seminary. 
And they know I get really upset because this is how I feel about seminary. Can I tell you? You don't have a choice. I'm just going to tell you how I feel about it. So when you go to seminary and you study about God, and if you leave seminary and you go, I have all the answers for I've gone to seminary, I shall tell you that you did it wrong. Because when you go and you study about the Lord, you know that he's a deep, deep, deep well of mystery that you leave going, I know nothing. I know nothing about anything, and neither do you. God is so vast. We could spend eternity studying him, and it's still, it's too much. So our little brains can't handle all of who God is, but luckily we don't have to do it alone. We have the Holy Spirit. We get God's presence with us that helps to reveal the mystery of who God is. So when we receive Jesus as Lord, isn't this incredible? When we receive Jesus as Lord, we receive his presence, his Holy Spirit. And you may be thinking, Veronica, how do you know this is true? I'll tell you how, because Jesus said so. So I love the Gospels. Oh, here's my Bible. Guys, look, when a lady's preaching, there's lots of flowers on the Bible. So I love the Gospels. I love the accounts of Jesus' life when we get to hear about him and the things he did and what he was like and his actions. It's all so cool. Like, Jesus did what? Yeah, that was perfect. Awesome. But I love whenever the God of the universe, the creator of the world, says something. Whenever he makes a statement or a promise, you better believe I'm leaning in. That red letter Bible, you know, those ones where it's like when Jesus speaks, it's in red. I'm like, yeah, it should be. Like, that's God of the universe. It should be different. We have to pay attention. So I'm going to read to you the word of God. It's John 14, and this is Jesus speaking to us. Well, first Philip, but we'll get there. So it says, Philip spoke up, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be all that we need, sweet Philip. Jesus replied, Philip. I've been with you all this time, and you still don't know who I am? How could you ask me to show you the Father? For anyone who has looked at me has seen the Father. Don't you believe that the Father is living in me and that I am living in the Father? Even my words are not my own, but come from the Father. For he lives in me, and he performs his miracles of power through me. That's going to come up later. That's why I said Uh, Believe that I live as one with my Father, and my Father lives as one with me. Or at least believe because of the mighty miracles I've done. I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do. Even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with my Father. For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. And that is how the Son will show you what the Father is really like and bring glory to him. Ask me anything in my name, and I will do it for you. Loving me empowers you to obey my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me, and he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, But you know him intimately because he remains with you and lives inside you. I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. I will come back to you. That's so good. God's word. Amen. It's a deep well. There are like so many things we could talk about it. But here are the things I'm going to point out. First, Jesus himself says he has the presence of God with him. 
And we can know this because of the powerful things he does, okay? Then he says he's going to leave earth, but he promises that we will not be alone. We are going to have the presence of God as well, the Holy Spirit. Then he says something really wild. He says, we, us who are filled with the Spirit, will do even greater things than him. What? What are the things he did then? Okay, he casted out demons, easy peasy, just kidding. Raised the dead, mm-hmm. Miraculous healings, calm storms, walked on water. I would just like to tell you this story about walking on water because I feel like there's no way I'm alone in this. I read this as a kid and I was like, for surely I shall now walk on water as well. And I went to my pool and just like, you know, and it, it didn't work. But nobody else ever tried it. Just like Jesus as a kid, you didn't play that game just in your head, just me. Well, anyways, I tried that because Scripture says that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. So when we think about the power of God, what do we think of? Power to do what? Well, it's not the power for a kid to defy the created order of things and walk on water in her swimming pool. That's not it. John 15 says, Jesus says, when you remain in me and I in you. So when we're together, what this means is when our hearts and our minds and our wills are aligned with God's will, we see tremendous power. So what is God's will? God's will is for the redemption of all things, for his kingdom of love to come. So when God says that we're going to do greater than these, what is Jesus talking about? He's talking about the power to forgive the person who wronged you, to not only forgive them, but to love them so much you can't imagine loving anybody more, like I do my mom and my mom, my father. That's the Holy Spirit of God working through me, and that's the Holy Spirit of God working through my mom. It's also the power to believe. This world at times can be really hard and dark, and there can be a lot of suffering. But we have the power to believe Jesus' words when he says he'll never leave us nor forsake us, and he works all things for our good. Last year was a really hard year for me, not only about my dad, but I lost somebody I dearly love, actually a couple of people. It was so painful and so dark. But I can stand here before you and say, God's good. He really can redeem all things. He's the God who makes beauty from ashes. I was talking to my mom before I shared this testimony because I adore my mom. I couldn't imagine just like talking bad about her, you know, without her permission. And I almost wish I had recorded her response because I knew it was going to be so good. <laughs> but she was like, what? Of course you guys share my story. Veronica, I'm a miracle. My life was so hard. I had nothing. I grew up with nothing and the Lord's given me everything. But she really did have nothing. As a kid, it was so dark. She will tell this story that all she had was a neighbor. A neighbor. Are you a neighbor? She had a neighbor as a kid tell her that the name of Jesus was good. And when she would have night terrors at night from the trauma of her life, she would say the name of Jesus because it was good. And he would give her peace. And now she's like, look at my life. Jesus has given me peace. He's given me family. So when I say that, when we say that God is a God who makes beauty from ashes, he really does. So um, we have the power to forgive, not only the power to forgive others, but you know we have the power to forgive ourselves. Isn't that nice? We can have the power to let go. 
We can have the power to believe when believing seems impossible. And this is where I really, I want you to hold on to this so tightly, always, forever. Lord, help us to always remember this, always. The Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, we can see the healing of the most broken places in our souls. Through the Holy Spirit, we can see the healing of the most broken places of our souls. We can. Lord God, where are the broken places in our souls you'd like to heal? God's presence is with us. Did you know that? I was reading Revelation, and it was like, just for fun, it was like the end when all things are going to be redeemed. It just gives me a lot of hope to think about eternity, you know? And so I was reading it, and there was this one line that just was like, that's so cool. But it was like, when all things are redeemed, you know what God calls himself? God with us. Isn't that so great? Never underestimate the desire of your Heavenly Father to be with you. The Lord loves to be with us. And when he's with us, he's got some things to say. So that leads me to my last point. The Holy Spirit gives us guidance and encouragement. Did you know that God loves to speak? You knew that. God does. He has thoughts about your life. He has things he would like to see healed in us. Making space to listen to the Lord is one of the most important things we could do. Jesus is our model, and he did it every day. He spent time with the Father. And for those of us who know the Lord, we know this is true. When we spend time with the Lord, when we get a word from Jesus, a word from the Lord, it can change everything. One word from God can transform our lives. We know this, but we forget. That's why we need each other. That's why we need community in our Sunday mornings to just remember The Lord can change anything. And for those of you who maybe don't know the Lord yet, what are you waiting for? Why not? He's so good. It's almost like he's saying, come in, the water's fine. Receive your lottery ticket. Walk with the Lord and just watch him transform your life. It's beautiful. But for today, I want for all of us to think about the places in our life where we're saying, I could never I could never, I could never forgive that person. I could never stop doing that thing that causes me pain. I could never believe that I'm valuable. I could never take that job. I could never volunteer at that ministry. I could never share the gospel with my coworker. You name it, whatever it is that thing, you know, that you're like, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. That's the place where the Holy Spirit wants to speak. That's a place where he wants to give guidance, power to be obedient, and he wants us to receive his encouragement to say yes. Did you know that the Lord loves to encourage us? Also, did you know that the Lord celebrates? Did you not know, not only does he celebrate, but he celebrates with the whole heavenly host? Isn't that not so cool? There's a scripture, it says, Luke 15, 7, and this is about somebody who comes to the Lord. It says, Jesus continued, In the same way there will be a glorious celebration in heaven over the rescue of one lost sinner who repents. Not a thousand, not a million, one lost sinner who repents, comes back home and returns to the fold, more so than that of all the righteous people who never strayed away. So we learn a lot from this. There's a party over one, but there's also probably parties all the time because it says more so. So it means that's the biggest party, but then there are other parties. And I feel like that's like any time we repent. And by repent, I mean any time 
let's say this is the Lord, but I'm looking this way, and I'm believing the lies of the world or the lies of the enemy or my flesh, right? And I'm like, oh, Veronica, you do sweat too much on stage. You're so, you should be so embarrassed. But when I turn and I believe the truth, like, you know what? The Lord loves me. Nobody's noticing my sweat till right now. Like those things, right? It's like when I walk in that, I feel like the Lord goes, guys, guys, guess what? Veronica's not walking in shame today. And they go, the crowd goes wild. It's like, guys, guys, Veronica's sharing her testimony. Crowd goes wild. When my mom forgives my dad, every day she takes care of him. The Lord celebrates. There's rejoicing in heaven. There's actually this little video that I saw that you might giggle at because I just feel like that's the image I have in my head of heaven. Um, I'm going to show it to you really quick. You can just, it's not, whatever, just watch it start to get anxious that's when my thoughts can be dangerous they're not going for it wait <laughs> I feel like that's heaven I did it I just feel like as we say yes to the Lord we maybe miss out on understanding what a big deal that is so we're going to just take a moment, because you know me, I love moments. We're just going to spend some time in the presence of God, and we're going to ask him a question. And here's the deal. The Lord is a gentleman. He doesn't force his will on us, but he loves to be invited into our lives. So we're going to ask God if there's a place that he would like for us to say yes. If there's a place that he would like us to step into his will. And sometimes I feel like when the Lord speaks, it's like I get an idea or a thought I didn't have before, or I get like this feeling or a sense. And sometimes he speaks right away when I ask him, and sometimes he waits. And maybe he won't say anything right now, but a week, two weeks, a month from now, you'll be doing something, and the Lord will be like, this is it. Go. That's your yes. But we're going to make space for him. So go ahead. You can close your eyes, get comfortable. And we just say, Lord God, we thank you that you are present with us. That you are the Lord who loves to be with us. And we just ask you to speak, God. Where are you asking us to say yes to your will? Thank you for taking that time with me. There's a prayer book that I love to read. It's called Prayers That Avail Much. And in it, there's this prayer. It says, enable me by your spirit to make decisions and perform feats that will turn the world right side up. When we're obedient to the Lord, we can turn the world right side up. We can bring his kingdom. 
It's funny because sometimes I think we forget we live in a broken world and that it's falling apart. And we listen to the news and we're like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, right. It's broken. <laughs> this place is falling apart. But we're not because we have the hope of heaven. My favorite, I think he's the greatest theologian of our time, Timothy Keller. He says that the way that we view heaven and eternity can impact the way that we live our lives today. And I feel like that's so right, that we don't have to worry when things are falling apart. Instead, we just say, Lord, what would you have me do? How can I love you and those around me today? It's funny because sometimes our things that we think are small are really big, and sometimes our big things are bigger than we can imagine. I, over Lent, was following Marky Mark Wahlberg's um, daily devotional podcast. Anybody do that? The actor Marky Mark? Come on. It was so good. It was so good. But it was like the most downloaded podcast over Lent, like the third most, even more than Netflix. And it was so cool because I'm like, yeah, Marky Mark, you said yes to the Lord. And now us, it's like millions of people are spending this time seeking the Lord. Like, how cool is that? But that's a big deal. But also, you know what's a big deal? Just loving the person next to you. Making space for his kingdom in our own hearts and our own relationships. All those yeses, they're not going to make the news. But it should. Our time right now of seeking the Lord our guesses, the stories from our guesses today, I wish they were on the news, but God's kingdom is moving. Aslan's on the move. Well, quote line, which in the wardrobe, got to throw that in there. But God is moving. He's alive. We want to be a part of his will. So Lord Jesus, we just come before you and we say, here we are. Here's our lives. Do what you will. We know that your way is good. And sometimes, Lord, we get distracted. Lord, we think our way is better, but that's a lie. Lord Jesus, open our eyes to the places that we're missing out on all the good things you have for us. Lord, give us strength through the power of your Holy Spirit to be obedient to you, to watch your kingdom come. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, it's not only a crowd in heaven, just so we're clear, but also we're a crowd, and so we get to love one another. We get to come alongside one another. So during our time of worship, we have a prayer team that would love to pray for you. So if you're a little bit like, I don't know if I was hearing the Lord right, or, oh, I think he wants me to say yes to this, but I could use some prayer, come up and receive prayer. It's our blessing to get to pray for you. But for now, go ahead and stand. We're going to enter into our time of worship with the Lord.